for a religious group to be trying to tell people that their personalities were somehow wrong, that uh, they it's almost tantamount to telling someone you're a mistake. My name is Aldo Martin, and this is the Reclamation Podcast. When he told the leaders of the Boston Movement, Flavel told them, this is what's happening. Everyone is sort of converging, moving from what they were before towards what they are now and what they want to be, which is ESFJ. And, and the reaction of the Boston leaders was, well, that must be the personality that Jesus was, ESFJ. And so, yes, people are being transformed into the likeness of our Lord and Savior. <laughs> and he said, hold on. <laughs> uh, nobody knows what personality type Jesus was, and that's not what his message was about anyway. It wasn't about changing your personality. But th- that was their reaction, is that must have been Jesus's personality. The book is quoted, and I think you just explained it, so maybe you could tell us a little bit more. The book is quoted as saying that members are being made in the image of the group norm. Mm-hmm. Although the leaders were arguing that, no, we're being made in the image of Jesus. <laughs> but it turns out, well, not it turns out, it seems as if members are being made in the image of the group norm. Can you explain what that means and, and, and why Dr. Yakely might have thought that that was a danger? Well, he, he had a firm belief that one's goal in life or aim should not be to change your personality, but to become sort of the best version of your personality, uh, to be the best you could be. If you go back to the right-handed, left-handed, you know, our goal is not to make everyone a right-hander, but find out what you're good at. And, you know, if you're left-handed, be the best left-handed soccer player or baseball player. And so it really concerned him. And putting that with, of course, his belief, religious beliefs, he felt it was very harmful for a religious group to be trying to tell people that their personalities were somehow wrong, that uh, they it's almost tantamount to telling someone you're a mistake. <laughs> Something about you is off and you need to change who you are fundamentally. And that's potentially uh, damaging psychologically, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And he, yeah. you know, as time went on, even shortly after the book was published, there's a, an editor's update that was added to later editions. Oh, I have that one. Do you have that one too? I have that one too. It's not in the original one I had, which uh, when the book was published in 1980. 88. 88. Come on, man. Coming to America. You Sorry, know. Coming to America. <laughs> That's also the year my oldest daughter was born. So I you see that. how 88 is a great year. You see it's it? a pivot for everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure exactly when the editor's update was written, uh-huh. but the book, I mean, it sold well enough that they had a second printing. Okay. <laughs> and so this was added to the second and other printings. Yeah. And basically updating that some churches had basically repudiated the Boston movement. Yes. But also that um, 
some developments had occurred with the Boston movement and Kit McKean were basically saying that people in the Church of Christ, which was those of us who wrote the book and many others, weren't even Christians. Um, and also noting that um, counselors, well, just quote, I'll just read this. In the years since this book was written, counselors in virtually every city where this radical movement exists are now being flooded with clients who are psychological, emotional, and spiritual victims of this authoritarian movement. Psychologists report in several cities they are treating more cult victims from this group than all other groups put together. But hold on, if I can finish that thought. Yeah, go ahead. The the fa- the final sentence says these professional counselors are unanimous in their judgment that the Boston-led hierarchy of discipling churches is a dangerous cult, which when I read that part of the book, that part of the book was interesting to me because in Dr. Yakeley's writings, he avoided using the word cult. He actually stated he didn't like using that. It's a very it's a very tricky word and but it's I found it interesting that in the uh the the uh, uh the new version of the book not the new version but the latest version of the book with the editorial uh at the end uh, uses that word and I'm wondering if we can only speculate I'm wondering if Dr. Yakeley didn't want to use it didn't want to use it but got to a point where it was like all right we got to use it I think that's 100% right he it, it, and anyone can tell reading the book how even-handed he's attempting to be. Um, and the you know there were four of us who wrote we each wrote certain chapters, and I think he was the most maybe uh, compassionate or uh, even-handed. The rest of us were fine with calling it a cult, <laughs> but he maybe because he had been up there and he had met so many people and they seemed nice. He just really hesitated to use that word. But I think shortly after the book was published, and maybe partly because of the reaction to the book um, and these other developments, he got to where he did refer to it as a cult and that it should be classified with other groups. You know, cults, not all cults are the same. You know, some of them are much more extreme or even violent than others. Um, You know, growing up, I grew up in Brazil and the word culto is the word for worship. Oh. (laughs) So it's often on the sign. It would be like culto, you know, is it 11 a.m.? (laughs) C-U-L-T-O. Cult. And so the, the line between a cult and a religion is very fine. Very fine. And I've heard people say a religion is just a cult that's been around hundreds of years. Uh, You know, it's an old cult. And so (laughs) it's acceptable now. (laughs) But I think generally when people use the word cult, they're talking about a very authoritarian group, usually with a leader. Sometimes it's multiple, but often one leader who exerts, I think, what most people would say is radical control over the lives of followers. Flavel talks about in the book that people he interviewed, and I and I should mention, he didn't just do these tests. He also did a lot of interviews with individual members. And a lot of them told him that they were told 
what kind of jobs they could have, who they should date, um, a lot of personal details, even um, where to live, where to live. And even married couples, I can't remember if this is in the book, but this is something you told me about. Married couples, particularly in the leadership, were told they had to have sex once a day, that that would prevent adultery from occurring. Uh, <laughs> that, that part was not in the book, but I have heard people discussing that. Yes. yes. Um, so everything, everything was, uh, everything was um, accounted for. Account, that's a good word because people were considered accountable. You, this is another feature of cults often is confessing your sins to someone who's above you in the hierarchy. But then that can become a tool used against you. They have information on you now um, to kind of keep you in line. Information that could be very damaging if it were to get out. You know, uh, Gene, I had a question for you. You already answered it. However, however, prior to us uh, uh, recording this conversation, you you became privy to some very interesting information. So I'm hoping we can discuss. See, I was going to ask you, but you already answered it, that Dr. Yakely uh, conducted his his uh, his tests and he presented his findings to the leadership of the Boston movement. And, you know, their reply was was not uh, they didn't agree. Let's just say that they didn't necessarily agree with everything that he said. But as we were talking, you, Mr. Dr. Yakely, uh, passed away a few years ago and you have in your possession Dr. Yakely's very own copy of The Discipling Dilemma, like his. So it's like that's a historical artifact by itself. But you notice some interesting markings on the inside of that book. That's correct. And I, and I just discovered this today. Today, folks. <laughs> so this is hot, hot, off, hot off the press. Um, <laughs> yes, when he passed away, various relatives, you know, were had the opportunity to take books. And even I got some of his ties, you know, and, and uh, some of his grandchildren got like a hat some hats that he had and belts and so forth. Anyway, memorabilia. Hold, hold, hold on, hold on, hold, hold on a second. What kind, <laughs> what kind of what kind of hats are we talking? Are we talking like a Stetson hat? What are we talking about? Not a Stetson hat. He liked the Scottish, what's it called? A tam. Okay. Kind of a flat hat. You flat know? bill, flat bill cap. That's right. That's there we right. go. Like a newsboy <laughs> cap, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, I love those, man. Very, very stylish. <laughs> This book, though, I didn't realize till today, because I, I had other copies of The Discipling Dilemma, but I thought, hey, you know, this may become a, a valuable artifact someday. And just today realized that it's got all these markings in it. It's got highlighting. It's got things in the margin. Yeah. First, I thought there were things he had written. But the more I looked at it, it was like, no, because some of these notes in the margin are, are arguing with the text saying, no, this isn't true, things like that. And I also notice the highlighting is in two colors, green and then sort of a pink, reddish highlighting. And I started realizing, the, and sometimes on the same page, it's going back and forth between green and pink. I started realizing the green are things always that are favorable to the Boston movement. 
and the pink are things that this person disagreed with, their criticisms. And often on the pink, they're going to write a rebuttal. I don't know who wrote those things or who did the highlighting, but it had to have been someone from in the movement because they talk about the movement. They talk about it in the first person. Yeah. They mention it one place, our house, not in my house church. Ooh, wait, wait, hold, hold up, hold up, hold up. Let me set the scene for the audience. So in your possession, you have Dr. Uh, Dr. Yeagley's own copy of The Discipling Dilemma. And inside of, of his copy, there are several pages with highlighted parts of the book as well as notes. And the green, the parts that are highlighted in green are the parts that are favorable to the Boston movement have statements that are favorable to the Boston movement. And then you have the pinkish highlight, which mm-hmm. we'll say, we'll say red for the sake of, for the sake of argument, the, on the red side of color are things that are not favorable to the mm-hmm. Boston movement. And on those, there are notes written down. Can you give us an example of something that's highlighted in green? Yes. Let me, I'll give you an example. So they have highlighted in green, a section, this is page 37 towards the bottom. 37. Hold up, hold up. Let me get there. This is a this is a reclamation first. We're doing book club. Page 37. I'm there. Go ahead, man. I'm there. All right. The last paragraph. Last paragraph. The data. The data in this study of the Boston Church of Christ do not prove that any certain individual has actually changed his or her persona in an unhealthy way. That's all green. All green. Yep. Uh, The data, however, do prove there is a group dynamic operating in that congregation that influences members to change their personalities to conform to the group norm. All that's in green, too. And off to the side, there's an arrow, and it has the word Jesus. (laughs) So that's exactly what we were talking about. They said, yes, all are converging into this one personality because that's Jesus. Okay. Okay. Can you give us an example of something in red or pink? Yes. Let me let me find this. I was uh, uh, well. This is okay. On page twenty-one. Page twenty-one. Hold up. Hold up. I'm getting there. Uh huh. Kind of about two thirds of the way down the page. Churches of Christ can correct all their many failings. Do everything good that the discipling churches are doing, but avoid the and here's where the pink highlighting starts. Errors that are producing the psychological manipulation. They have that in, in the red. And then it says out to the side, God does not make mistakes. Hold up, hold up. So churches of Christ can correct their many failings, but do everything good that the discipling churches are doing, but avoid the errors that are producing psychological manipulation. And they disagreed with that, but God doesn't make mistakes was the response. So they did not like that he said that was a psychological manipulation. Can you yeah. give us one more? Can you give us one more red? This Now, this one, it's not red, but it does have a comment to the side that I think you'll be interested in. What page is that? 82. 82. One of your favorite pages, I think. Okay. It's the one where he makes a prediction. Oh, I love those predictions. Go on. And it's about, again, two-thirds way down the page. The discipling movement among churches of Christ, in my opinion, is likely to fragment before the end of this century. And they wrote out to the side, 
No way. Oh! <laughs> let me tell you something. Let me let me tell you something, Gene. First of all, I can't believe I just said that. Because as soon as I said, let me tell you something, Gene, I just automatically thought of Hulk Hogan. Let me tell you something, Mean Gene. That part of the book resonated strongly with me because the church did, in fact, fragment in 2003 and fell apart. He, he almost called it. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not almost. He did call it. Listen. He did a Babe Ruth. You know, he pointed out. <laughs> so if it's three years, three years after into the millennium or three years before the millennium, we're going to go and say it's the same time frame. And the response with the no way is very telling. And you know what? To be fair, if I was in the church at that time, I would have said the same thing, right? Like, no way. But Dr. Yakely knew something that we didn't. He knew something that we didn't. And I, I wonder what that is. Because as I was trying to figure out the timeline, here's this 50-something-year-old man at the time talking to these early 30-year-olds, late 20-year-olds, you know? And what does this old man know? You know? What does this old man know? And but what he knew, he had some experience. And he didn't even want to call them a cult. He didn't. He just stated what he saw. And they disagreed with what he saw. So imagine if Dr. Yakely was was one of these staunch opposers and and used the word aggressively, used the word cult of aggressively. What would they have said then? They would have really dismissed him. But no, he just spoke in a matter of fact tone. I can't tell you. I mean, I can't say how it is that he spoke, but I can tell you how he wrote. And I'm just assuming the way he wrote is probably the same way that he spoke. That to me is probably the most disappointing part. That there were warnings. And the church leaders were made aware of the concerns and alterations could have been made at that moment. He, and he actually thought they would make alterations. Initially, at least he thought, you know, when they read my results, they're going to, they're going to thank me and they're going to say, you're right. We need to change the way we do things. Because none of it, none of it was a personal attack. He wasn't trying to take down the Boston movement. He, he saw many good things. You can tell in the book, he, he often compliments certain things and like we could learn a thing or two. And in fact, the reason the book is called The Discipling Dilemma and the reason it has this cover art with a triangle, he thought, you know, you've got this Boston movement that's growing rapidly. They're very evangelistic, but some problems. On the other hand, we've got the kind of the old line churches of Christ that are sort of dormant and uh, stale. Maybe there's a third. This is the dilemma. Do we have to choose between these two? And he thought, no, maybe there's some way we can learn from each other and make a third way off the horns of the dilemma. So, yeah, he did not at all feel like the whole movement, you know, should be condemned and dismissed, but should be reformed and could be learned from. Gene, I, I got one last question for you and answer it the, the you know as you as you will. But in your opinion, why would it be important for someone to research a group 
that they are going to be a part of prior to joining? Why, why would that be important in your opinion? Wow. Well, I think particularly when it comes to one's religious beliefs and your entire life commitment, uh, you want to know what you're getting into. Once you're in it, your perspective starts changing and you become far less objective. You become committed and you, you know, there's the saying, love is blind. <laughs> My one experience with members of this movement, my only direct experience came in Sao Paulo, Brazil. I was on a, a mission trip involving the traditional churches of Christ. And we came across a group from the Boston movement, the ICOC that was establishing the church in Sao Paulo. And we got together in an apartment, um, about eight of us and eight of them. And the, the impression I came across or, or I came away with is these people were almost aggressively loving. <laughs> they were the friendliest group I'd ever come across, positive, out, but almost to a scary extent. Like nobody's that happy all the time. <laughs> I got it. That was the, the, and of course, I knew something about them already. So that, that colored my perception, but I thought, this is not real. <laughs> but they, and I, I heard the term, I don't know if you've heard this term, love bombing. Yeah. First of all, first of all, first of all, first of all, not only have I heard the term, <laughs> I've executed love bombing. You've done so, it. yes. So okay. I'm, I'm very, I'm very aware. We were being love bombed and uh, it was kind of suffocating. But I can see how that's very, very appealing to someone who maybe is lonely or feels their life maybe is drifting. And of course, it's hard to explain to that person what they're about to get into because it's just so appealing to be, you want to be in that group and share whatever it is they have. And and who, who wants to reject positivity? Yeah. And of course, they tend to appeal to young people who are kind of at a you know, at a point, maybe they've just left home and they're not sure who they are, or where they're going. Hey, listen, very vulnerable, very vulnerable. They're at a crossroads. Maybe that's why they call the crossroads. I don't know. I don't know. But go on. Yeah. And so, yes, it is important to research a group. The problem is the people they're targeting aren't going to go out and research a group. <laughs> right. They're going based on how it feels to be surrounded by this love, to be given, you know, some people love the idea of being told what to believe. <laughs> it's kind of all the answers are ready made. You don't have to struggle anymore with the, the questions that life presents us because we have the answers. Here they are. Um, just do what we say. Man. Gene, thank you. Thank you so much for spending some time with us and, and sharing with us your your knowledge of the behind the scenes workings of the book. And and we wish you all the best, man. Thank you again. Thank you very much. Thank you for for exploring this and uh, everything you're doing to help people understand more about this. Next time on The Reclamation. 
and uh, which is pretty cool by itself. I certainly was one of the uh, 30 would-be disciples that met in the Gimple's living room. However, I must say, and I will mention it because I just think it, 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 it bears a mention, I'm not in any of the pictures that show the 30 would-be <laughs> disciples. I don't know how the heck that happened. I'm a big guy to a race out of a picture. <laughs>